Welcome to track number seven of Choose Me, Use Me. Father, we thank you for the blessing you've given to us in choosing us, in using us, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Are you here or you are not yet here? All right. Now, choose me and use me. Now, the big question is choose me for what? Amen. Amen. I was giving you seven things uh, characteristic of those who are chosen, isn't it? And I gave you six. Isn't it? Or what it means to be chosen. But the seventh one, I will give it to you if the Lord allows me to do that. And I believe he will. But now we must ask ourselves, choose me for what? Choose me for what? Turn with me to Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Have you found Matthew 16? Beautiful. Matthew 16. Verse 17. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, Thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Now, Jesus told Peter, he said, you are Peter, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. That is on you, or involving you, including you, depending on you, I will build my church. So you are Peter, and on, upon you, upon this rock, or sitting on this rock, I will build my church. 
So the church building, Peter pointed, uh, Jesus pointed out to Peter that I am going to use you. I'm going to put the weight of the church on you. It's going to rest on you. Yeah. Are you reading the English? Yes. Yes. I'm going to put the heavy weight of the church building on you like this. Plop. Wow. Those of you who've been saying, choose me and use me. Look at it carefully. (laughs) And see and understand what God plans to use you for. Yes. Since you said he should use you. You know, one time there was one guy who was criticizing me. He was talking about me. And, And that was when I was coming to America for the first time. He, he had a negative attitude towards me, all right? And he said, he spoke to one of my friends, and he said, this guy, when he comes, don't, don't mind him. Don't listen to him. He's just going to use you. Do you see? He's just going to use you. So, people have a negative attitude and feeling sometimes about the work of God. And one of the negative words they use is they use you. He's just going to use you. In a sense, it is true that God is just going to use you. Look at it. He said that on on this rock. Charlie, you are going to have this heavy weight on your head. (laughs) Yes. He's using you to do what he wants. And why not? Thou hast regarded the low estate of thine handmaiden. It's when you feel humble and small in your own eyes. Then all these things are privileges rather than anything else. It's just a privilege that God would use you. Thou hast regarded. Look at it. For he regarded the low estate. Of his handmaiden. Huh? Girls, are you listening? Yes. Let me tell you something, sisters. Look, if the boys don't want to do the work, you do it. Yes. You, do it. you do it. You do it. If the boys don't want to be spiritual, you be spiritual. Yes. God will take care of you. You'll be shocked. How God will. God will look after you and God will. And you see, if you are a girl, you really need God's kindness to help you. There's a lot of things that don't depend on you. Even for a boy to like you, his heart has to be touched. Somebody's heart has to be touched to, to like you. Are you understanding what I am talking about? Yes. All right. So, back to Peter, Matthew 16, verse 18. You are Peter, and I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you to build my church. I'm going to put my church on top of you. Do you mind? Do you mind carrying for me the church 
in Canada and wherever else on your mission because I can see God has put you see you people the whole you know something what is coming out of me there is a message I don't say and there's a message I say have, have I preached about missions since I came here have I preached about anything I said, how many want to be missionaries you all heard from God <laughs> how many want to be missionaries you all heard from the Lord <laughs> I've not come and said, I have messages about missions. That's right. You know, I can preach the whole camp. Why are you not a missionary? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a camp. Yes. But I didn't preach. I didn't say, why are you not a missionary? Or missions are important. Or I have another camp called, make yourself saviors of men. Such messages exist. But suddenly, you, you can hear the Holy Spirit speaking. So now what God is saying is that, would you mind... Letting me put the weight of the church, that, that whole project of building the church on you. Do you mind? How can you say you mind? Let's be serious. You have to be like Mary and say, have you regarded the low estate, a useless person like me? You people, you must confess your sin morning and evening. It's like taking tablets every day because... You must see that you are useless. You are wretched. And God has regarded the low estate and said, I'm going to use you. Yes. Some of you, you married and you were so surprised that your husband or your wife found problems with you. Before you married, you thought you were good. You thought you were nice. Yeah. But after you married, you found out that, hey, even a human being is finding a problem with you. If a human being who can't see much and can't see far and can't see the depths of your heart has a problem with you, how do you, much do you think God who sees everything can have a problem with you? Big one. So, I will build my church. And so, I want us in Canada to have a mind to build the church. Amen. And let me just say this. Building the church involves building blocks. And building blocks of the church, one of the reasons why the church in Canada has not grown the way it could grow is because of the building blocks you've been looking for to build the church. That's one of the reasons. Why do I say that? Because if I want to build a huge cathedral and I'm going into the forest looking for branches of trees, you get it? To cut down, to use to build a big cathedral, you get it? I'm making a mistake in the elements and the items I'm looking for. Those elements and items cannot build a big church. If you want to build a big church and really work for the Lord in Canada, you have to completely take your eyes off the wooden branches from trees and look for cement blocks and concrete. Now, what are these cement blocks? How many want to know the mystery of the concrete and the cement blocks? These cement blocks and concrete blocks to use to build the church are not, not, not older people. It's young people. Yes, it's young, it is students, 
It's people who don't have anything. It's people, students, people who don't have anything. Those are the building blocks for the church. You can ask your pastors. I knew every one of them before they were married. I knew them before they were married. I said maybe, Pastor Pinana, were you married when you came to Ghana? He was married. Because he was in the world. (laughs) He was in the world for a long time. (laughs) But I knew all of them. I knew him when he was looking for a wife. I knew him when he found a wife. I knew him before he, he married his wife. I knew them. A lot of them. I officiated their weddings. So the building blocks for the church that you see were not uh, computer scientists or architects or anything. They were not even, they didn't have even a job. That's the real building block of the church. But only that it's a more humble option. Because they, they are not powerful. They don't sell iron rods or they don't, they are not dealers in something. They don't have mortgages. They don't have houses. They don't have cars. They don't have NATO. But they are the building block. They are the building block. So, if you want to build a big church, we need to have the proper elements from which the church is built. You know, one day I sent a missionary to a country and he, the two of them, and they went somewhere in the evening and when they came back, when they were going back, one of them said, no, I think I'll, I'll, I'll stay where they went to visit because he was like a type of a father or an uncle or some, not an uncle, but like, he decided to stay there with his wife. So the other missionary came back home, came home, put on his pajamas, got into bed, and went to bed. Whilst he was asleep, the house in which he was collapsed. Yes. And he, he, he was killed in a, in a house that collapsed in the, in, the, in the night. And the other missionary, if had gone back that night, would have also died. Yes. It just happened that he, I don't believe it just happened, God saved him. But it was you know, you ask yourself, what is such a house built of? He was pulled out of the house in his pajamas. And you should make sure you get good pajamas, good nighties and all that. You know, ever, you never know when you need to move around in this. Because <laughs> some of you, 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 what you sleep in is not nice. It's true. true. Like if we were to see you at home, man. The last time you bought a 90 was eight years ago. You you never buy 90s. You only buy things for going out. And going to church and going to such programs and going, but you never buy such things. And you see, this brother, he was wearing a very nice pair of pajamas when I saw the picture. Yes, 
And I was thinking, wow. It's good that he wore these pajamas, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's always something to learn from everything. But I always remember that picture and I said, wow. This is a nice pair of pajamas. Most brothers don't use sleeping pajamas. Yes. Most brothers don't sleep in pajamas. But that day he slept in his pajamas. Now, if you want God to use you to build a big church, a church, the first thing is you have to think of what are we going to use to build the church. And you have to see the value in a cement block. You know, one time I was in Syria, I was in Ethiopia. Is anybody here from Ethiopia? Ah, beautiful. Now, when you go to Addis Ababa, there are many skyscrapers. You understand what a skyscraper? Like very tall buildings. Now, whilst I was there, they were building some of the skyscrapers. So, but there was something unusual about the skyscrapers that were being built. You know, you see the floors. And do you know what it was, was unusual? They used bamboo to form a scaffolding to the highest level. And they were using bamboo, I think, to also support the floors. Yes. And I said, wow. You know, later on, I, I mean, I was, I was amazed. I've never seen, I've seen bamboo being used, but not so high. When I say high, I mean high. 10, 20 floors going up. So I, I came to read about bamboo. And I, I read, I found out that bamboo is stronger than steel. The architects are here, engineers are here. Is, is it not true? true? Yes, bamboo is stronger than steel. So you see, the children in the, of the church, the young people, those are the bamboos. They are not impressive. But they are stronger and even better. If you even get, you will not get. So young people are like bamboos. You wouldn't really expect them to be used to build a church. <laughs> so you, you discard it. Yeah. But when you learn to respect it, it, you, it will help you to build. You, we will build so much for God that you'll be amazed. Because you had respect for the young people. Yeah. Everywhere I sent my first large church. Their church is bigger than the church in the town. And the humble, those who are humble, the humble bishops and the humble pastors, they go and ask them, teach us how to do what you are doing. Just teach us. Yes. Those who are humble, they come and say, teach us what you are doing. Because even I, if I wanted to do the church in a certain way, I have to ask them, what, what are you guys doing? Because I don't know what they are doing. Yeah. All I do is I give them an idea. I told them there will be more buses in this church than cars. Wow. That was all. Mm. 
I said we have more. We must always have more buses than cars. Yes. When you go outside, it's as if there's a bus terminal. Yes. They have made a bus terminal. We come to church with buses. Yes. And we don't take any money from the offering to do it. People do it. I called the young people. I said, you are now my business community. What do you do? So I make blogs. What do you do? I do this. What do you do? I make food. What do you do? I said, you are businessmen in Jesus' name. Amen. God is blessing you. You can pay. What do you do? So I says, he makes shoes. So come, make shoes for me. I'll wear for you. Yes. That's what, these small boys and girls, amazing. Is the bamboos. But when you see, you say, what is this? It is something. So this little one, stand up, my dear. Baby, stand up. Wow. Turn around so they can see your nice, beautiful faces. These are the bamboos. You, You see? You stand up. This is the steel. Stand up. This is the steel. Yes. You know, if you wanted to build a church, you are li- more likely to choose her than these two little ones here. I said, oh, this one more substantial. He's a, what the people call it. This is a meaty member. Meaty member. But you see, you may not get many of this. Almost every grown-up already has a church. Every grown-up already has a church. Yes. And they cannot easily join your church because they've been in an old, a church for years before you came on the scene with your new vision to build a church. <laughs> so you need these were how old are you? 15. Ah. And this is how old? 18. Beautiful. And you are how old? 48. Three times the age of this one. But if you ask me, who do I want? If you ask me to choose, I'll take. I said, it's not that I don't like you. It's not that you are not beautiful. It's not that you are not nice. It's not that you are not strong. It's not that you are not whatever. But honestly, from what I've seen from the, from the work of God, take these babies and give me these two small girls and I want to I'll go and do my church. Yes. Any day. Any day. Any day. Does, that's, that's more easy to get. To cut down a bamboo from the bamboo tree and take it to build, that's it. More easily available. All right? So from today, everybody, you must have your children, and it's going to make you younger. Because life is not over. You know, there's no need to prematurely age. You see people, they are young, and they have made themselves Grandmamas and grandfathers. You feel that it's a sign of maturity. I don't know what is a sign of riches, or I don't know what sign do you feel it is a sign of. You must accept 
You must be young for a long time. Yes. Must be young. And the only way, the only way is to have young friends and to talk to young people as grown-ups. Yes. I talk to my son now as a grown-up. Since he came to love the Lord, and I talk to him as a grown-up. When he comes, I'll be talking with him. Yes. We just, we'll be talking and talking and talking and talking. So I can just be with him and we'll be talking. Oh, yes. I just, I just talk with him. I never used to talk with him because he wasn't serious in, in God. But when he became serious, now it's like we are just, we are friends. Yes. Floyd. Play on. Yeah. So you, those of you who have made yourself, when I started the first love church and we have our beautiful songs and so on, you see some of the grown-ups will be saying that these are the songs for the children, the young people. Not your young people. It's for you. God was trying to extend your happiness and your life. And you said that it's for some other people. Oh. The song is for you to be younger, longer. You know, Billy Graham said that one regret that he has, one of the things he regretted, if I remember right, was that he didn't have more young friends. Yeah. He should have had more young friends. Yeah. You need to have young friends who are now finding beloveds. Yeah. So you'll be discussing with them like a, a colleague. So what are we going to do? What do you think about yeah. him? What do you think about her? And be discussing such topics. Yeah. Rather than discussing funeral plans and funeral yeah. arrangements. Yeah. Funeral arrangements or how you are going to bury this uncle and how you are going to go for this funeral and attend to this funeral. Yeah. One of the main things I discuss these days is honeymoon arrangements. Honeymoon arrangements. I plan, I discuss and plan honeymoons with my couples. Yes. Recently, I told, I told one couple, I showed them somewhere to go in Africa. They, I mean, they sent me the pictures. You see them. They said, we are not coming back. We are not coming back. We are staying on the moon. We are staying on the moon. We are building a house here. So, no, we sent a message. Look, just continue. Yes. I've been getting messages from the moon. We have had sex six times today. These are the messages we want to hear. Rather than hearing that this one is now on oxygen, we're taking this medicine, it's now come out of the coma. What are these? Listen, don't think, you see, I am, I am, I am, um, I'm getting to 60, yes. When you talk, listen to me talking, don't think, that, you see, some of you think I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, I'm a child, or maybe what I'm saying, these are childish small things. childish things or small things. No, it's, I'm not that young, as you may, as you may uh, want to just dismiss me. Yes, don't dismiss my songs, don't dismiss what we are doing. 
don't they, it's not childish. It's not because I'm with children. It's for all of us, but only that some of you have made yourself obontiers of, I mean, grandfathers of Abraham, Father Abraham's. And like Abraham said, or this Sarah, Sarah, that, that mess, that word that Sarah said, shall I have pleasure? Being old. Put that scripture on. Shall I have pleasure? The answer is yes, ma- madam. Yes, madam. You shall have pleasure. She laughed. This is how people are. They just laugh. Whenever anything pleasurable comes up, they just laugh and they smack and they have some cynical look and comment. Is that is it? <laughs> One day I asked a sister, her, 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 her father and mother are pastors. So I asked her, I mean they are older, much older. I asked her, that, do your parents have sex? You know? She said that she asked her mother. And her mother told her, your father doesn't like such things. <laughs> you see? <laughs> true at all it is not true it is you that have made yourself this Sarah laugh within herself shall I have pleasure being old my lord being old your lord is old because of your attitude yes when he sees you even he's even afraid He's even afraid. So, what's the topic? What are we dis- what are we discussing? Building blocks, the steel and the bamboo. Sit down so that you can look at the steel and the bamboo again. Turn around, steel and bamboo. Come to the front, please. Stand here. One steel, one bamboo, come and stand here. Another bamboo on this side. Come this way. Yes. There's a difference. Never think that this is not strong enough. It's strong, very strong. The strongest so far. Have you watched Rambo? Yes. Have you watched Rambo? When they were torturing him, the Russian commander, he looked at him and said, You are strong. Very strong. The strongest so far. Go and watch it. You see. You're strong. Very strong. The strongest so far. So these young children, they are strong. Everybody says strong. strong. Very strong. Very strong. The, strongest so far. the strongest so far. No, not the strong, the strongest so far. The strongest so far. Yes. Properties of bamboo. Stand up and tell us. Experiment carried out on the strength 
properties of bamboo include tensile, compressive, bending, elasticity, hardness, and durability. Which makes me think of the characteristics of a young person. to wear my glasses. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Includes the tensile, compressive, bending, stiffness, elasticity, hardness, and durability to resist different forces or loads on structural members. Yeah. While steel only has hard properties, it means it can crack. Mm. It can crack. Go on. Explain it. You see, he went to school. <laughs> we, we study something in architecture called uh, moments. So you might see steel, but when you impinge on it a load, microscopically it bends. But with too much load, it cracks mm. because it's stiff in nature. Mm. But what we just learned from the bamboo is the tensile. It means it has the ability to be tense, contract, mm. and, 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 and compress. Wow. And it can also be stiff, and it can be hard, wow. and it can bend. Mm. So it has multiple properties, while steel has probably only one property. Mm. Multiple properties. Glory to God. All right, sit down. Thank you very much. Steels and bamboos. Now, for the mega church, Toronto and Canada is going to change because. I am giving you, because you are the one saying, choose me, use me. And I'm giving you what God is going to use you for. And I told you, Jesus said to Peter, I am going to use you to build the church. So the building of the church depends on you. Yeah. I will, Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. It depends on you. So church building depends on you. Now, the second thing that you see about church building is that the gates of hell are, this is the only verse in the whole Bible where you see the gates of hell. Now, when I went to Nicaragua, I was taken to one of the only places in the world where you can see an open volcano. Yes. And you stand and you see fire. Yes. It's unbelievable. Yes. Fire. We stood there. And when you look down, you see the fire burning, boiling. And they call it 
a gate of hell. Yeah. Because you see, it's going into the surface of the earth, into the center of the earth, which is boiling hot metal fire. It also tells you that hell is real because, I mean, there is fire down there that has never stopped burning. And it was boiling, it was like water. I mean, I thought that when rock is melting, it would be like, uh, it would sort of be sort of slow. But it was like boiling like water. Yeah, continuous, red, red. I can show you pictures. Ah. Wow. Who took that picture? And is it? Yeah. Right, right there. Fire coming out of the place. Now, the gates of hell speaks of where the thing comes from. So, the gate of hell has been placed directly where the church is being built. So all the demons and oppositions and hatred and wickedness comes against the church being built. In fact, it's the only verse in the Bible which mentions gates of hell. It's in association or connection to the building of the church. And that is why there is so much resistance in particular to the building of churches. Yes. It takes a lot to build the church. You know, but Jesus said, I will build my church. And the, even the gate of hell, which is positioned right to prevent the church from being built, will not be successful in wiping out the church. And that's why you can see that our church here in Canada, even though it has been through many difficulties, is still existing and becoming one of the largest churches in Canada. Yes. Yes. Few churches in Canada can call for a camp meeting like this. Yes. Few churches in Canada can call for a camp meeting like this during the week. Yes. And have this number of people here. Yeah. Sitting here peacefully and calmly for two or three days. True. Yeah. So, the gates of hell will not be successful in destroying the church. But you must realize that there is a lot of opposition. Now, the next verse, what does it say? And I will give you the keys. So, you can see that in relation to building the church, you need keys. And that is why there are three books, now four. Now four books. Where are the new books? Yeah. Show me, show me, show me, show me. This one, yeah, four books. The mega church, number one, church growth, church planting, three books, and this one, the double mega missionary church. Double mega missionary church. So this is the fourth book in that list or series of books. And this one is about building a double mega missionary church. 
So you need to study the church work. Because Jesus spoke about keys. Keys, look at it. And I will give you keys. If you want to choose me, use me. Choose me, use me. Keys are involved. And what are these keys? Luke 11 verse 52. Luke 11 verse 52. What does it say? It says, War, Luke 11 verse 52. War unto you lawyers. All right? War unto you lawyers. You have taken away the key of knowledge. So knowledge is a key. Uh, You've taken away the key of knowledge. Remember in Matthew 16 verse 19, Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Now he's telling us what are the keys. You are the ones who said God should choose you and use you. Is it not true? And I'm saying that the keys are knowledge. You see, there's some knowledge or information and wisdom that, are key, that is a key. In fact, in the Bible, this is the only thing that is described as a key. Knowledge. Knowledge is a key. That's why it's important to come to Bible school for some of you who want to even go on the missions. Number two, it's important to read the books. It's important to listen to the makane. Is it makane? You must listen to the Makane. You must. You must. You know, one day I went to one of my pastor's house, the older pastor's bamboo uh, steel pastor's house, and he had had two bamboo children in his house. And then they were actually asleep when I was leaving. He took me to their room, and uh, the Makane was on it. He said, they sleep with it. He said, they sleep with it. I've had many parents, their pastors, saying hello. Our children are even making us shy. You know, sometimes you see that this one is listening to this message here. This one is in this room listening to this message. And we are also somewhere listening to message. We were not even listening to message. Now we are being forced to listen to the messages more. Because the children are wild. For you have taken away the key of knowledge. There must be some knowledge for me to write a book. Look at, hold it. Is it not a book? It's heavy, yeah. And these, you know, all the books in the Macarius, they have been shrunk to be made smaller. It's not really not really the size. But they've been shrunk because to make it cheaper, and more affordable, more able to make it more. So you have to be serious to read it. There are no pictures. I have only one book with pictures. Yes. No. What it means to be as wise as serpents. Yeah, there are pictures in that one. Yeah. Okay, it's two books with pictures. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Are you listening? Yes. So what I'm saying is that God wants you and I to build a mega church in Canada. Yes. yes. Build a mega church in Canada. Build a mega church in Canada. And that's what God is going to use. Use me, use me for what? Forget about your money. Forget about your money. Don't think of money. You know, I, I, I look at people. Who, you ask yourself, if you don't give anything again from now till you die, do you think it will affect the church? I mean, honest, be honest. Do you think it will ever affect the, this church? 
at all. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> yes. It won't. You know it. So don't think of your mind. The greatest offering we took was yesterday when the children came forward. People came forward that they want to be measured. That's the big thing. A person is a very, very expensive thing. When you read how much Gaddafi paid to pay the families of Panam that was bombed over Lockerbie, I mean, he paid, I don't know how many, also billions, $2 billion or so for the families. They give to, give to the people. Because someone lost a parent, this one lost two parents, this one lost a brother, sister. They, they paid their money. So a person is very expensive. So whenever we talk of giving, think of giving yourself. Money becomes secondary. Yes. And all of you who've been with me for years, you, you, you see, when somebody wants money from you, you can feel it. You can feel that he wants to take something from you or get something. Once I was with somebody, I had that feeling all the time. Mm. You, you, I feel that you, you want money. <laughs> so at the point, I told him, look, I won't give you money. Yes, because I feel the pressure and I don't like it. Because I believe in giving, but I don't believe in the pressure. Yeah. I don't like, I don't want that. So, you must decide today to become masters of church building, whether in Canada or on your mission. And we can build a mega church. Right here. All types of people will be added to the church. It's possible. Look. In England, we have our attendance on Sunday is about 10,000. Yeah. Yes, between 9,600 9, to 10,000 and over. Physical human beings that are coming to church in the, in the UK. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a lot of people. 10,000, they can fill almost Independence Square in Ghana. It's the second largest. Uh, square in the world after Tiananmen Square. Yes. Blaster Square in Ghana. There's a lot of people in the UK. Any of our problem in the UK is that don't come for this meeting. Don't come. Only these people come. That's the problem in Ghana too. Don't come. Only these people come. Don't come. Only these people come. There's no space. What a problem. You will have that problem in Canada as well. In Jesus' name. You have that problem in Canada. Yes. Yes. We have come from 18. We give ages. 18 to 30. Come. From this age to this age. Don't come. This one. First love is not included. This, we are about to start a third denomination in the UK. Yes. Amen. So God can do wonders if you give yourself 
to being chosen and being used. And you must never have a mind that you are being cheated. Like I told you what that brother said. He will use you. (laughs) Now, God is going to use us. Now, the first key, I just want to give you the big key. And this key is the key, a master key to building the mega church in Canada for being used. All right? And that key is, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 4. And I'm going to show you something there. Proverbs 4. Beautiful. There's 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of the heart are all the issues of life. The big, 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 big thing when it comes to building of the church is your heart. The thing must be in your heart. So you must have a burning vision. Where is my book on church growth? Chapter one of that book is the burning vision. Okay? And I'm introducing, I've got it right here. Chapter one of that book is a burning vision. And mega church as well. Chapter one of that book is... 25 reasons why you must have a mega church. You don't know what is in it. Ah, okay, you've got it on the screen. Beautiful. Mega church. Now, of my books, you know, there are some that are more anointed than others. And one of the more anointed books is this one, the mega church. The reason I say that is because I've had testimonies from different people about this book. All books are not the same. All messages are not the same. The effect of the different things are not the same. And this is one of the anointed books. And you must, I believe all the books are anointed, but some are more anointed, I believe. And this one, uh, the mega church, has that thing about it. So, in this book, the very first chapter speaks about why, which is the heart. That it must be deep in your heart. You get it? Why we should do this work. Because if it is not deep in your heart, you can't do it. You don't have the strength. You fail. It's, it's too hard. The work of God is too hard. And you stop doing the work of God. You just, you just, you just, you just settle into whatever there is. Oh, 20 people came to church. You cannot be satisfied with 20 people coming to church. Yeah. 20 people coming to church. That's not a mega church. Oh, it's Canadian. It's not Canadian. It's you. 
Can I have an amen? Amen. 20 people is not a mega church. 40 people is not a mega church. We are going into much greater dimensions. Ask your neighbor, are you ready to be used to build a mega church or not? What did they say? Yes. Now, you know, I am involved in building a mega church here in Canada. Because this, like I said, this is one of the biggest churches you can get on a, on a Sunday in Canada. Because my, the strategy that God has given me, you know, is building a big church. Yeah, well, whether this way or that way or that way or that way, I'm experiencing it. Because I have large congregation. It's a large congregation here. So, what I'm trying to say is that whatever the case, whatever the case, there will be a mega church. Yeah. Whatever the case, there will be a mega church. Once it is in your heart, once it is in your heart, once it is in your heart, and you allow God to lead you, you will experience it one way or another. Whether it takes 10 years or 20 years, you will experience it. So here I am. I, am, I came from Ghana to start a church here in Canada, and I'm experiencing a, a church. I'm experiencing a mega church. And when it's in your heart, you keep on fighting to experience it. Yes. And it's going to be even bigger than this. Yes. Yes. You see that we are having a camp and there's a thousand people present. You'll be be amazed. You'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. Yes. Sit down. I'll be you. Where's I'll be? Is she here? She's at the back somewhere. Come here, my dear. I've had different camps in Canada. Give me a microphone. Do you remember one time we were having a camp? You told me you had a vision you saw, remember? Do you remember? Tell, tell the people. Oh, we were in a very small... Yep. Where was this place? Jackson Point. Jackson Point. Is it in Canada? Yeah. Toronto? Yeah. Somewhere in Toronto? Yeah. Tell. Do you remember the vision you had? Yes, you were seated on... Um, we were having a camp. We were having a camp. And you were sitting here. Yes. And, and I was preaching. Was, yeah. And I saw Jesus right behind um, Bishop. Um, as he was talking to Hold us. Hold the microphone nearer like a pastor and speak to the people, talk to the people. So, um, Bishop was talking to us and I saw Jesus standing right behind him. Sitting or standing? He was sta- standing behind you standing. at the time. And I, I, it took my mind off what he was saying because I was focused more. I was shocked. <laughs> so, afterwards, I told Bishop about it, um, that, yeah, Jesus was standing right behind him as he was ministering to us. I remember you told me that he was sitting, or, the, or there were chairs there. I don't know whether you said he was sitting. He was standing. Yes, but he was right behind you at right the time, him. yes. 
Yeah. Right here in Canada. Which year was this? Maybe 2000. Because I just came here around 2000. 19 years ago. Yes. Yeah. And what was I preaching about? What was I talking about? Yeah. I was talking about a mega church. 19 years ago. I was talking about a mega church. Yeah. Same topic. And Jesus is here today. He's here today. Yeah. Pardon? How many were we at the camp? Maybe about 30 of us. 30 or 20? About 20 people. We're very few people. Yes. It was a camp. It was a camp. 10 or 15, 20 people maximum. Very few people. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And you see, we are still here. The church is getting bigger and it's going to get even bigger. And that's why Jesus said that I will, I will, I will build my church. I will do it. And the gates of hell will not, like all the efforts to quench the church will not work. And you see that as we go on, the church is going to become more, from more countries, you do not know which country. You even be shy to ask somebody, where do you come from? Because you don't know where the person is going. You don't want to sound funny, you know. And then you see different colors. The church, the church will change its color. Yes. In England, I had the last camp I had in England. There was, it was, there were so many English white people. At the point, I just said, no, come and sit with me on the stage. So many. Yeah, yeah. Many. It's just growing. Because Jesus said, I will. But you see, if it's not in your heart, you'll be discouraged. Like that camp with a few people there, I said, okay, bye. No, I will build my church. I will build my church. I will build my church. And Jesus, I remember that vision. It's one of the visions I remember. You know, that people have had visions. I'm preaching. I don't see the thing that people see. This is one of them. I always remember this one. Because I remember that camp. I remember talking. I remember preaching. I don't remember what I was preaching about, but I remember... You know, it, the place was just an empty hall. Just a few people. And I was going up and down. And then she said, Jesus was, she said she couldn't stop crying. Because she was, she was looking and she was just crying. I was wondering, what is this girl crying? I'm preaching. She's just crying. What is wrong with her? But I just tried to preach on the other side. You know, but not knowing that she was seeing Jesus. Hey. And you know, Jesus is here right now. He's watching us as we are repeating his words. And he's wishing that people will believe. I will. This is something that will, you see that your life may not be built. Your business may not be built. But for the church. And you see, no matter how it goes up, down, up, down, right, left, right, left. As if it's finishing. That even now in the world, it looks as if Christianity is going down. It's 
<laughs> you are new. That is why you think it is getting, it's going down. I tell you, the church will never die. It's rather going to become stronger and bigger. Yes. It is, it is all these different seasons of church growth and church experience are confusing to those who don't have the vision in their heart. It will make you back down and you think that, oh, there's no hope for the church. Other religions are taking over and other perverted lifestyles are taking over the whole world. But it's not true. Perverted lifestyles and perverted orientations are things that are very, very, very small. That's why it makes so much noise. Because in actual fact, this very small percentage of people have perverted lifestyles of a certain order. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yes. There are so many perverted lifestyles, you know. Yeah. I will build my church. Yes. Let it be in your heart. That's the first thing. Let, be, let the church be in your heart. Me, I am a church man. All my books are right for the church. My songs I write for the church, for Christians. I don't do anything for secular work, business. No, no, no. Every, my, everything is church, God's church. All my, my children, everything, church. Be like that. Let it be in your heart. You'll be surprised. That's when God is using you. God, that's what he said. Peter, I, I want to use you to put the pressure of the weight of the church on you. Yes. All the pressures I have in my life are because of the church. The church is the pressure point. That is the thing that he said, I will use you to build the church. And I am here because of the church. That's right. I am here for the church. I'm here because of the church. Yeah. So, the first step to building the mega church is to have a burning Vision that cannot be moved by whatever. Let the Jesus' burning desire be deep in your heart. Thank you. You may be seated. Beautiful. Tell somebody, I have a burning vision to build a mega church in Canada. In Canada. Not Africa, in Canada. Say in Canada. Right here. It's going to happen practically. I said it's going to happen practically. Hallelujah. Amen. It's going to happen practically. God is going to do it practically. Yeah. More of you are going to become pastors, winning souls, turning people to Jesus. If you care to listen to uh, a prophetic encounter service we had this year during the gift that's held holy, people giving great change testimonies, and last year also people giving great, great change testimonies and all that, you will see that people can be converted. Yes. People can be converted. Yeah. I mean, 
we can only take a certain number of testimonies. One sister was telling me afterwards, she said, can I just tell, tell you, she said, I want to thank you so much for your life and the ministry. I said, whoa, thank God. She said, I would have been dead. I would have been in prison. I would have, I don't know where I would have been. And she described how she went on a holiday or work or something to Holland. And as she was there with her friends, young girl like this, small girl, boozing, drinking, drugs, everything. And something happened and somebody was killed. And because she was high, they put her there. <laughs> and when the police came, she's the, they said she was involved in it. She said, look, I would have gone to prison. I was going to go to prison for murder, 18 years old or whatever, 16 or 18. She said how she was taken to prison and how she was there. Then they went into the case through the cameras and, and they realized that she had nothing. She was not even there. And then she was released and sent back home to England. And she went. First Love Church was there. She said, come give your life to Jesus. She just gave her life to Jesus. And now she's in the church coming from Mountain of the Lord. Many children like that, when they describe the things, you can't even believe what they have been doing. There are many, you of T, don't you have a lot of people there? Plenty. It's you who have not reached out to them and you who are not into prayer. If you are into prayer, people start getting converted without preaching. People start getting converted without preaching. Yes. Look, real conversions, you can't explain it. It's not from your talking. People get changed and they say, look, thank God I give my life to Jesus today. And you see the person changing radically. Young people, they'll be converted in hundreds and come to Jesus. And there are more young people than older people. More. It's you here. That's why I say, you must now release your children to come. When you hear there's a camp in the UK, a camp here, let them come, force their way in and push them to go. Go, it is good for you. Rather than giving excuses as why they couldn't come. Come on, man. Oh, this one was doing this, one was doing this, one was doing this. No. Rise up. If I was to send just three of those type of people to Canada, you will see how the church, first love church, will change. Maybe I should do that. Send them here. You see how it will change. Prayer, fasting, preaching, singing ministering, reaching out. You see the University of Toronto years ago, 20 years ago I heard of that university. So many people come to school here. Foreign students, different people. Yes. Where are they? They should have have won them. But many of us even who are grown up, we feel superior in our mind that these are young children. Just as the same attitude towards my preaching and same attitude towards the singing. These are two young things, whatever. That's why you don't experience growth. And that's what God is trying to teach us. 
And I'm telling to the young people, you see, when your father's car is too old, driving on the motorway, it's not that you don't respect, but gently pass to the left and just go ahead. You get what I'm trying to say? Yes. <laughs> gently pass and go quietly and just go ahead. Change gear or whatever and just vroom and move. Because sometimes you are following an old ship whose engine is under repairs. And you don't even know the quarrels they are having in the house. Yes. Some of you, your parents cannot function well because of the tension in the marriage. The marriage is full of tension and lava. Do no lava. Boiling rocks. (laughs) It's a lava marriage. Just change your gear if you, your, your car is not, I mean, all your manual, you just change. And then as you are passing by, just get, salute. Good morning, mommy. Just go ahead. Listen to the messages. Do the work of the ministry. Yes. Give yourself to it. It's a better life. It's a good life. It's a sweet life. Ask them, searching for money is not a good life. You, you have not more food than I have to eat. Do you know that after following money for years, all of you pastors, most of the grown-up pastors, they are only here for money. I'm saying now maybe they are seeing it, but it's late. But it's for money. What are, you don't have more chicken than I do. I say you don't have more eggs than I do. I have as many eggs as you have. I have as many eggs. You don't have more eggs than I have in my life. Fried eggs. You have more fried eggs than me. You have more chicken than I have in my life. What has chasing the money done? It hasn't given you more chicken than I have. More chips than I have. More hamburgers than I have. I have as many as you have. If you have two hamburgers, I have two hamburgers. If you have chicken wings, I have chicken wings too. You have not got more chicken wings than I have after searching for money all your life. I have as many chicken wings and as many chips, and as many Coca-Colas as you have. Hey! (laughs) So young ones, take your cars, go to the right. I wish Ida was here to sing that song for you from 25 today. If you can do bad things, then you can also preach. Yes. Do people your age have sex? Yes. A lot of it. Yes. A lot. They know things and everything that can be known. You see the person young like that, are very experienced. One day, a brother got married, and on Sunday, they came to church. And after, they came to say hello to the pastor, and then they went out. When they went out, the brother came back alone. I said, Pastor, I need to see you. That is on Sunday after the wedding on Saturday. He said, yeah. He said, what yeah? He said, yeah. 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 He said, yeah. He said, I have married a very bad girl. 
said, why? Then he gave the answer, which I will not say in the microphone. can know how to hold the Bible and be turning from this verse to that verse and be preaching. You can know how to lay hands. You can know how to pray for people to receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, I need church growth and a mega church to be deep in your heart. Sit down for a minute. Twenty-five reasons why you must have the mega church in your heart. The mega church in your heart. Number one, because that is the most appropriate vision for us in Toronto, in Canada, in Calgary, in Vancouver. That's the vision. Jesus said, the Bible says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Number two, you must have a mega church, the desire and the vision, because that vision will lead you on a journey, a good journey. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. How many want to go on a good journey for your life? Yes. Wow. Yes. Listen, your vision makes you journey in the right direction. Your vision. Amen. Amen. What are you writing? It's all in the book. <laughs> no, there's nothing to write. Don't write. It doesn't mean you are humble when you write. Just the book you should have. A, everybody should have the Macarius. How many don't have a Macarius? Raise your hand. You do not have a Macarius. Raise your hand. Macarius 60. Raise your hand. Please, I need more of the hands to go up. More of the hands to go up. More of the hands to go up. Yeah. Now, it's very serious to be in this church. You don't have a macaron. Pastors, make sure that all your members have. You all have things. Designer clothes, this, 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 whatever. This is nothing. It's not, it's not, it's not even sold for the right price. The fact that the church is sitting here without the books is the pastor's fault. You, you, you let the church not be in the people. And the culture of the church and the spirit of the church is not in the people. I'm telling you. I'm preaching directly out of the book. There's nothing to write. As you are writing notes, as if I've, I've come from some whatever to give you notes. I'm reading this book to you, chapter one. Every member should have a Macarius. Bishop Joel, it's your, his place are your people. You should have it. But it's not expensive. It has almost valueless in terms of money. But great value. You should have it. It's there. There's nothing to write. You can have it. The second reason why you must have a mega church vision, listen, rather than writing, don't write it, this is in the book, is because you will have, but when I finish, I'll ask you all the points, so be ready. <laughs> it, your vision leads you. You see, President Clinton wanted to be the president when he was young. 
So he went to Oxford. It's important to go to Oxford and to go to certain universities. Every, all, all the people who want to do certain things, they have those aims. It shows something. So when you want to have a mega church, it makes you do things. It makes you close. It makes you communicate. It makes you relate. All of you here, there's, there's, I, I don't know any member in the uh, Canadian church. Hardly does in all your pastors, they hardly ever communicate with me. First of all, from the pastors, from Pastor Andy to Larry to Pastor Pinana and all the pastors' wives, none of them relate with me or even text or even communicate with me. So how much more the members? Hardly. It's like if, if, if I see a, a message from them or even there's any communication, that's either it's Easter or Christmas or some special, some, even that is not common. I can check my phone right now. Check. Because some people think I'm preaching something bad. Should I check my phone? I shouldn't check it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said, look, if your parents don't like me, if you, the younger ones, you like me, communicate with me, I'll be your friend. Yes. Yeah, I'll be your friend. I have so many people in the UK. They always text me. I'm trying to, uh, to, to remember their names. Yeah, I know so many people. So many people. You see, if you want something, you will even try to be close. I know Yongi Cho knows me personally. Yes, one day he wrote a letter to me out of the blue. Yes. I mean, he, he wrote to me. I've had different communications with him, through him, through his secretary, and him directly. I've sent offerings to him in Korea from, from, from where I am. I communicate because he's of great interest to me. Because church growth is something very great to me. It's my heart. You are too cut off. And it starts from your pastors. The pastors are cut off. That's why nobody here has a Macarius. Almost nobody has a Macarius in this whole church. It's, it's pathetic. Yes. And you can see that that is why. And I tell you, the. To, to, Canada is one of the international destinations for education. In fact, it's one of the sources of income for the country. People are arriving here all the time. And apart from that, they are making, giving residence permits for people to come and settle because the country doesn't have a population. There are more people here all the time. So the church, as you see, is a phantom of what it should have been. Yes. And it's interesting that in spite of all the money hunting it, the, the pastors don't even have that much money. You don't like my preaching, you see? So since I don't have any friend here in Canada, I'm speaking to the young. I'm speaking to the young people that those who like me. Chale, I'll give you my number after church so that. I relate with you, yeah. Because I don't know any I don't know anybody in Canada. I don't know anybody in Canada. Yes. You, you don't even come to Mountain of the Lord, you didn't come to anything, you are just cut off. 
This one is, I call her one in a million. <laughs> it's amazing. If you are interested in church growth, you'll be interested in some people. It leads you on a journey. I want to be friends with this person. I want to talk to this person. I want to be close to this person. I want to do this. It makes you travel. It makes you come. It makes you read. It makes you listen. It makes you do what you are supposed to do if it is in your heart. So the vision is not deep in your heart. That's why when I asked the people to come forward, those who want to be on a mission, I almost fell on the floor in shock when you people came forward. Because I don't feel that this will be the vision of such people who have nothing to do with me. But maybe it's because of the non-communication of your pastors. Maybe that spread is, going, is coming over you. That's why I'm saying that. Look, politely take your car to the left side. You get what I'm saying? As you're overtaking, just salute and say... Good evening, sir. Good evening, mama. Good evening. And then you just move on. Zoom off. Yes. So please. Huh? Please let, let a new spirit. Me, I'm not talking to the old one. These people, old people, they have, they have talked to them for years. I've talk, you see... You see, I called Albi to tell you 19 years ago I was standing here talking about this same thing. Jesus Christ. And some of you were not born. How old are you? I'm 20 years old. 20, you were one year old. 27. 27. 26. 26. 23. 23. So you were little toddlers. Huh? Very, very small. But they were hearing the message. At that time you were in the children's church, you were outside. You were, in a, you, were, you were in a court. How old are you? 38. 38. How old are you? 37. Hey. Some grandies. <laughs> All right, sit down. Tell somebody, I'm going on a journey to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. And why is this journey coming on? Because of what is in your heart. Yes. Number three, you must have a vision for a mega church because that's the destiny the latter end will be greatly increased. Now, even us here, after 19 years, we are not decreasing. We have increased. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of being about 10 or 20 people, we have two, 300, 400 people. We are here. That's those who can even come to Niagara. Yeah. Number four, you must have a desire for a mega church because the work is not done. Work is not done. I, mean, I know there are souls here. As I'm speaking, it's like I'm preaching to ghosts. I know there are people who are supposed to be here. Yes. They are not here. They are not here. 
they are not here. I know them. I know I can see them in the spirit. They should have been here, but because of your disobedience, they are not here. Number five, you must have a mega church because Jesus said, my house may be filled. God wants his house to be filled. Filled and overflowing. Aren't you tired of half empty halls? Aren't you tired of empty seats? Aren't you tired? Is, 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 is church not different when there are more people? Is there not a, a nicer feeling when there's a large crowd? There's a different atmosphere. Jesus also wants his house to be filled. I will build my church that my house may be filled. Look, when the house is filled, it's nicer. You know, in Ghana, there are people that sell uh, groundnuts, peanuts. What do you call it, please? Peanuts. They put it on their head and they sell. I never buy the peanuts that are half or getting to the finishing. I, when I see the one that is full, even though I, I may not even buy, I say, ah, I like this thing. Because it looks, it looks nice. Yeah, it looks like it's something wonderful. Because it's a lot. Yeah. Once it's filled, it looks like, wow. But when there's just one or two struggling, scragglers, miserable. When you come to the church and you see few people trying to seriously praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Few people. Hey. Even when people come into the church, they look and they say, this church. Ah. And you see that God himself has to do something. Otherwise, the church cannot work. So my church must be filled. That's what Jesus said. And that is why we are going to build a mega church. Number six. You must have a mega church because your harvest field is the whole of Canada. Whole of Canada. How many million do you have in Canada? 35 million. It has grown. It used to be like 20. Huh? When you came, it was 26. Yeah. They are trying to have more people. Do you know why they want to have more people? It's not that they love you. Listen, when you, when you make a car, you need more people to buy cars. When they make orange juice, they need more people to buy the orange juice. When they make peanuts, they need a lot of people to buy it. So the few people they have, the businesses don't work. And people can't become rich. Yes. And the tax. More people pay tax. You know? So, and some of you feel that, oh, this is the, you know, oh, Canada, we don't have many people. No. You have. When I went to Namibia, the, 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 the pastor who welcomed me at the border, they came all the way to the border. They said, this is the second most scantily populated country in the world. Namibia. I said, welcome to the country, the, the least populated country, second country with a scanty population per, per the size of the country. 
Yeah, in the whole world. Yeah. You, you are not, you are not, you are not, I don't know what, where you rank in that ranking. But number one is Mongolia. Number two is Namibia. You are, you are nowhere near that. You have people. Especially in the Toronto area. True or not true? True. Tell somebody my vision is increasing. Wow. Number seven. The reason why we must have a heart for the mega church is because in the Bible, in the Bible, the, mem- the churches had thousands of members. Thousands. There was no church with, I mean, 20 people. Come on, wake up. Amen. Huh? Number eight. In Acts chapter 2, verse 41, the Bible says 3,000. Acts 2. 3,000 members were added to the church. Amen. Amen. Number eight. You must have a vision for a mega church because a large church means that more souls have been won to the kingdom. In a large church, there will be more services, more altar calls, more opportunities to be saved than a small church. Every day in Accra, in the First Love Church, every Sunday, many people give their lives to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Number nine, you must have a mega church because when you have a mega church, there are more laborers and more pastors released to work for God. Jesus said, the harvest is so great, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send out more workers for his fields. Amen. Amen. Amen? Amen. Is that fantastic? Do you want more workers and more laborers? Amen. Amen. Number 10. You must have a mega church because through a mega church, more ministers of the gospel, full-time pastors, more bishops are appointed. So the bigger the church, you have more pastors. In our church now, we have 95 bishops, UD. And, and if you add the first love, we have 102. Yes. That is a blessing. And this morning, I want to appoint somebody. Nadia, come. I'm going to appoint you as a pastor. Come. Hallelujah. Sit down. Sit down. Now, she's my baby daughter for many years. You, you are new in the church. She's one of the steel members. She used to be bamboo and she's converted into steel. Yes. 
So I just felt in my heart that I should appoint her as a pastor. I need to do that. Amen. Stretch out your hands. Father, thank you for Nadia. Today we appoint her as a pastor. And I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you use her to do your work even more. And Lord, as we stretch our hands to confer on her that authority and right and responsibility, we pray that your anointing and your spirit will be upon her in the name of Jesus and that you use her even more than you have used her up till now. Thank you for the grace that is upon her. Uh, through her, many will be saved. Many will be set free. Many will be healed. Many will be blessed. Many will be touched. And that the words that come from her mouth will bring healing and life to many people. Bless her and anoint her. And let it be that out of her belly shall flow rivers, rivers of living water, rivers of power, rivers of your grace to many, many lives. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, in the name of he who began a good work in this world, the savior of the world, receive the power, receive the grace, receive the power of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now receive it. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Jesus. I hear in the spirit, thou art highly favored. Choose use. Thanks, Holy Spirit, for this great beginning and this great continuation and this great grace upon in Jesus' name. Receive it. Lady Pastor Nadia. Who's taking pictures? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So that is point number 10. You have more pastors in a mega church. And many of you are going to become pastors. And even bishops are going to come out of this group. Number 11. You must have a mega church because when there's a mega church, there's more prayer. Amen. More prayer. More prayer is going to go on. And from this time onwards, I want you to pray. If your father is not praying much, you pray. Politely pray. Put on loud music and just pray. And just tell them that you are listening to music in the room so that they don't feel bad. You get what I'm saying? Just pray in the house. Pray for three hours. Pray for five hours. Yes. Pray on the phone with your friend. Instead of looking at pornography, look at somebody and pray. Instead of having phone sex, pray. On the phone, use your use your uh, the same gadget you are using for bad things can be used for good things. Yeah, I'm telling you. Number twelve, 
a mega church generates large crowds and the large crowd generates expectation. There's a greater feeling, you know, with a larger group, a greater, better feeling. How many want a good feeling in church? And that's why we've been having our celebration or gathering services. And we are going to continue even in a higher way. It's going to come to pass. Amen. Because that feeling is very important. It's very important. You must have a mega church because there's going to be more miracles. When there are more people, there are more miracles. Yeah. Because if you pray for six people and they are all perfectly healthy, their heart, their eyes, their lungs, everything, you can't force them to be sick. They are well. Even though you want a miracle ministry, their people are well. You get what I'm saying? Number 14. You can have a mega church. You must have it because through our mega church, there's going to be more evangelism. More and more and more and more and more evangelism. When I see the first love church people in the UK, Manchester, Birmingham, they are everywhere doing evangelism to people that are high. You know, one time, one of, one of the guys was giving a testimony. He said, look, he took one of the drugs. He said that his, his head was bumped. And he was now, he said, I was not sure what was real. And when I talked to him, I don't know if it's real. Hey. These are people whose parents have sent them to school. Do you think such people don't exist in Canada? More. They are everywhere. He said his, his head was probably like he was now not sure anymore what was real. What was reality. Because of that, he went high. And after coming back down, after that, he was disoriented for a long time. Yes. You should listen to the testimonies. It's just something. All these people are in Canada. Where do we hear? We don't hear of it. What are you doing? Where are you? You see, you have to pray. When you pray, people get conquered in the spirit. The devils are not able to resist the salvation. Once they are young, when they are older, they are harder and more some way. But when a person is young and you pray, they are more easy to convert. And when you don't go, somebody else will go. You know, one day I was watching a documentary of uh, Bob Marley. Bob Marley. You know, Bob Marley is not actually a black man. He's a brown man like me. His father is a white man from England. And his mother was a black lady. I saw that when I was in Jamaica. I went to his museum. And I saw the picture of his father. Pure British man. Yeah. Now, his father, he did not know his father. and He did not grow up with his father. So one day he went out and he met this Rastafarian as a young boy. And that Rastafarian took him and fathered him. And was talking to them about the Rastafarian religion. And all that. And that is how he got born into that thing. And then when he started to do music, he used to listen to songs from America and convert them. Try, just like some of the songs that we do. He used to listen to songs from America and convert the melodies. Yes. And the Rastafarian man who fathered him, you see, fathered him when he was tender and when he was vulnerable and when he was open to father, fathering, and when he was open to, to hear something, because there's no care, there's no love, there's no father. 
how people get into things. So if you appear there as a mega church person with the Holy Spirit, the anointing, someone who prays, who listens to messages, who is full of the power of God, you appear there. Huh? You appear there just in the nick of time and the person is introduced to Jesus, the Savior of the world. And if you don't appear there, he's introduced to something else. Yeah, that's the, when, I, when I read that story of Bob Marley, I said, oh, wow. So many people would have served God, but there was nobody. There was nobody. Hitler, he considered being in the ministry. Hitler. But he didn't. He was in a choir. His mother was a Christian. His mother took him to church. But there's nobody. Then he went into politics. Social, national socialism. Stalin. Hitler caused the death of 20 million people. Stalin caused the death of about 50 million people. He also wanted to be in the ministry. There's nobody. And these young people gave themselves to something. Stalin's name was not Stalin. Stalin means steel. He was Joseph something. He changed his name to steel. You see, all these people whom have been used by demons, you get what I'm saying? They could have turned their gifts and their lives to God. But often there is nobody. That's why we say this. So, Lord, I know you need somebody. I know you need somebody to father people to do things. Yes. That's why we have, in our church, we have uncles and aunties. And you see the young children, you see a small girl like that, she's an auntie. We call them auntie. They go to secondary schools and talk to the children in the schools. Yes, we call them aunties. Listen, we've got to rise up. Stop playing games. Take your car and politely overtake who? Who are you going to politely overtake? I'm going to politely overtake Pastor Andy. Politely overtake Pastor Larry. Politely overtake Pastor Pinana. And politely overtake all the pastors, Pastor Isaac and all of them. Say, good evening. Hello. Pastor, I love you. What do you think? Huh? They are saying you should come and overtake. So rise up. Rise up today. You must pass over the river Zion. Zion. Yes. And do the work. Amen. Number 15, you must have a desire to have a mega church because you're going to have a larger income of money in the church, which we can use for more things. We can use more money to do the work of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Number 16, we have special ministries. When we have a mega church, we have special ministries. You know, I was telling you yesterday about trying to do this 
praying for people who have their legs and arms cut off. You can check on the internet and see. To get one leg is about $2,000 or more. And some of them it can cost as much as $11,000. I know somebody who had a leg cut off went to South Africa. It cost about $11,000 to get a leg. So now he's walking. You know, he's walking. He had an accident on a motorbike. And now he's walking. It costs about 11000 And what we are doing, we are doing it free, free. Oh, yes. So how do you think we can do it for people? You know, you ask yourself, where does the money come from? It's the offerings. You are able to do special things when it's a big church. If it's a small church, you can't do much. God is going to use you. And that is, why, that is why all those who are fighting the church, oh, we don't want the church to do this. It is all devils. Yes, because God knows the work that is being done. How many realize that you didn't know much? You didn't know that all these things were being done? Yes. We provide, I, I said, every blind person in Ghana a braille machine. Yes. And you see, you, 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 because you can see, you don't know how many people are blind. One time I was in, um, I was in America with Bishop Joel somewhere. I think it's California, somewhere. There were two blind girls. Do you remember? California. Well, I don't know, not Seattle. Were there, and the two of them, they came, blind, feeling the corridor like this, two of them. There are more than 20 blind people million blind people in, only in India. Yes. All of them cannot see. You see, you, you can see, so it's nothing to you. We are doing, we, we have a special center only for blind things to help them. All these are not possible without money. One braille machine, $700. Yes. Pay, whatever. So, the big church, very important. Mighty, strong church can do many things. And that's why God wants us to build a big and a powerful church. Amen. Right here in Canada. Amen. You just pay for things like that. You just, so, we are buying 200 Braille machines. You just pay. No, no, no discussion. No fundraising. How many hundred dollars? Give fifty dollars, hundred dollars, fifty dollars. We become arguments. Become an argument from the stage for hundred dollars. That's why there are ministries in America. They don't have churches behind them, but they are able to do many things because a lot of Christians, are powerful, able to pay. Many pastors in America, well, they used to have a lot like that, like Benny Hinn. They don't have no church, but just individuals that pay. One time I was with Benny Hinn, and he told me. Uh, this man, he was standing with me and said, this man paid all my bills for me. And I turned to the man and I said, thank you for helping him so much. He said, he's helping him and his wife. They helped me so much. And I turned and I shook his hand and I said, thank you for all that you have done for him. That's the kind of people that God is raising up. You wouldn't even say amen. I mean, the amen is difficult. Like, you, you, you're not given. The, the, the amen too, it's also difficult to come out of your mouth. Hey! Hmm. Hmm. 
All right, we're just about to go for breakfast quickly. Number 19. Number 18. You must have a mega church. You must have the vision for a mega church because in a mega church, there are going to be more beloveds. How many here are not married? You don't have no beloved? Stand up, please. I want to pray with you. You don't have no beloved? The rest of you have beloveds. And the rest of you are married. You have no beloved, no marriage. Hey, but that one too is also difficult to stand. Are you... Ah, you don't want prayer. Oh, okay, if you don't want me to pray for you, you can sit down. Like they feel they are too young. Ah, no, don't worry. We are praying for the future. Father, thank you for blessing us with beloveds. We will not struggle to marry here. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Number 19, when you have a mega church, we have more weddings. Have you been having weddings in Canada? Have you been having weddings in Canada? Yes or no? Enough weddings, you have enough weddings. You don't say wedding bells, wedding bells, wedding bells. Have you been seeing the first laugh in that crowd? They've been announcing wedding bells, wedding bells, wedding bells. Practice kiss. You'll be having all those wonderful things here soon. Hmm. Number 20. You must have a mega church because there are more connections. You, have, you know more people. Yes, more people. When you, you pick a phone, you speak to. Hello? 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 Uh, is that the, uh, you are, okay. You've got the right person. Yes. The, the top people of the top everything, you just pick a phone. In a mega church, they are all members or they are friends of the members. Receive. Well, you see, some of you here in Toronto, you don't know anybody. Yes. Some, of you, some of you don't even know a doctor. Yes. You don't even know a doctor. Personally. You don't know a lawyer, personally. You don't even know a dentist, personally. You don't know a gynecologist, personally. Yeah. But from today, the mega church is bringing all these people into the church. Say now, I, I don't know. When I say you don't have, you don't have, you don't say either yes or no. So I, I, I don't know what to say. But I remember one country we were in, we had to do some legal work. I tell you, that it was the unusual feeling of not knowing a lawyer. Personally, I've never had that experience. But there, you call the person when you speak, after they'll send you a bill. So the, the phone that you called me. This is the number of minutes, and this is how much it costs to speak to me on the phone. I say, wow. Then the lawyers that have been helping 
they have been doing a lot. You speak to a lawyer, he's recording. He's counting the minutes. After that, when I call, bye-bye, bye-bye. I cannot, I cannot speak to you. Bye-bye. Finish. No, 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 no. Continue this discussion. Finish. <laughs> Number 21. You must have a mega church because in a mega church, there are employers. You are going to have better jobs. Number 22, you must have a mega church because all your needs will be met. All your needs will be met. Anything you need, you just call. Wow. Number 23, you must have a mega church because you are going to accomplish the 25% quota that God has planned to give you. Amen. And then, number 24. All right? Is what? There's a force to reckon with. It becomes a nation within a nation. Amen. Amen. Our church in Ghana can change the election results. Yes. Our church, only our church can change the election in Ghana. And you see, elections are controlled by pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers are the most important people. They will say something, you you will get the message. How many realize that the pastor can say something, you you are getting the message? You get the message of who is not good and who is good. Yes. One day I was talking to one of my members and I realized, and I was surprised what the person said. Because I had not told the person anything directly. And I realized that through the preaching, the person has got, got an idea. And I said to myself, congratulations. Good thing. <laughs> so pastors and teachers, they, 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 they influence. Yeah. So a church becomes powerful. And that's one of the reasons why the politicians relate with pastors, they know that you have to be friends with here, you have to be friends with but each one is a group if you don't get this group, you, you miss a big group yes. <laughs> you can easily lose because this group doesn't like you yeah. that's why there are certain perverted things you can't bring to Ghana if you try it in Ghana the whole, the whole church will turn against the government openly if they try it the church will Open all of us will openly oppose them. It will, it will not work at all. And just because of that alone, they just hold on. But they want to do things. But they, they know that if we try, it's going to turn. The re- all religions will go against it, not only Christianity. And it's, it's, it's too, we, are too, we are too many for that. So it becomes a nation within a nation. Amen. And 25, 25, I've given you 25 reasons. You must have a mega church because the glory of the end time church will be greater than the glory uh, of the former church. Amen. Haggai 2 verse 9 says, The glory of the latter house shall be greater than of the former, saith the Lord of hosts. Put your hand on your heart. Receive the impartation of a desire. 
and a passion and a yearning for the mega church, for church growth, for church work. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. Now, we are going to go for breakfast and then we are going to come for the main Sunday session for the day. Amen. So, what a blessing. Take your offering out in this morning. When you go to church, you always give an offering. So, please, be, always be ready to give offerings. Whatever you want to give. If you don't want to give, don't give. If you want to give, give. Amen. It's a blessing. And then we are going to um, be back. Pastor Andy is going to tell us what time. How many minutes do you need for your breakfast? Pardon? Four hours. Six hours. Two and a half hours. One and a half. One hour. Do you have to check out from your rooms? All right. One and a half hours. Glory to God. All right. We are blessed. How many feel the blessing of the Lord? It's working. You see camps. You see the testimony Albi was, Sister Albi was telling us? 19 years ago, we're in a small room saying, Mega Church. Mega Church. We are here still. It's a blessing and it's amazing. Are you lifting up your offering so that I pray over it? Or you are not going to give? Oh. Father, thank you as we present and we give something for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Ashes received offering.